You're listening to the podcast for grain merchandisers by grain merchandisers. Join us in our good humored attempt to serve as a voice of reason in an industry fraught with misconceptions and half truths. And now, from deep in America's heartland, this is the Elevator's Cut. Welcome back to another episode of The Elevator's Cut. I'm one of your hosts, Jason Wheeler. And I'm another host, Roger Gaddis. And today, we're in the recording studio. Who knew? Yeah. This thing was still here. We're back. And we have a former co-host uh, of Which the podcast. Which is also now a co-host. That is, well, now she's a uh, a guest. Before she was a co-host, now she's a guest. What's the difference? I don't know. But she, co- she helped us with the GMD episode. Did I just get demoted? I don't know. Blame Jason. Maybe. So, anyways, no, it's because you're more of an expert now, even than before. So we have to bring you on to help. This is Susan David. Uh, she's with No Bull, and she writes a lot of awesome stuff and puts out a bunch of awesome charts on uh, on Twitter and and other social medias, and as well as has a, a service you can. You can uh, check out if you're if you're interested, which we'll get into all those details as we go. But we wanted to talk today because she is an expert. She's from St. Louis, got a got a big background with the big companies and and all that stuff. So she knows a lot about trading the river, barge, freight, and stuff, uh, and a lot more than us. Which is right. I mean, we were just going to get a, on here and say the river is crap. Yeah, but she can actually tell us why it's crap. It's so. low and expensive. Or something, there you go. and I don't know why, but she knows the specifics. So we got Susan on today to to help us there. So welcome back, Susan. Hi guys, thanks for having me. Let's use that term uh, "expert" loosely here. We use every term loosely on this show. <laughs> so what is happening? What you know the the big up in arms thing on Twitter this week is that the the. River basis on everything, everywhere has just fallen completely out of bed. Why is why are we screwing farmers again? Uh, so tis, I mean, it's tis the season, right? Yes, we're in fall or in the midst of harvest, and so these things typically happen. Um, but uh, right now they're happening at a you know a, an extreme. Um, so biggest. River situation has not been the best for quite a while. Um, one thing being uh, low water has been an issue for months now on and off. Um, and then you have also manpower issues. So you just have in general, um, like everyone is struggling to have enough people to operate their business. Um, same thing with with barges and barge lines and so it's slowing transit times and that kind of thing because they're shorthanded um so what we're dealing with now though would be incredibly low uh river levels which right now i think it was acbl mentioned has mentioned that this is maybe the lowest or the biggest issue let's see um yeah river levels continue to fall in the lower mississippi with severe impacts to navigation not seen since 1988 wow so um what what happens is when you have really low river river levels uh it reduces the capacity of what each barge is 
able to, to hold. So, you know, we have something called drafts with barges. And for instance, in St. Louis, um, normal full drafts um, would be 12 and a half feet. So that means that in theory, the barge can sit down in the water 12 and a half feet. Um, now it, it changes for different points on the river. For instance, you get north of St. Louis, it's nine or nine and a half feet would be a normal draft, but St. Louis at 12 and a half feet. So at, um, that draft, you can put just in theory, about 86,000 bushels of corn on a barge. Of course, this depends if it's a box, if it's a rake, how big it is, that kind of thing. But just for reference, 86,000. So with each, um, six inches that a barge draft is reduced, meaning that you're not able to load it as heavy, that's about 3,900 bushels of corn for every six inches of a reduced draft. So for every foot, you know, that's 7,800 bushels less that it can hold. So right now in St. Louis, they're looking at nine or nine and a half foot drafts. So the math on that, so you get eight, have 86,000 um, and, and right now they're able to, in theory, I mean, it, it's almost 30,000 bushels less that you can put on one barge at a time. So, so they're loading them about two thirds full roughly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's one of the biggest, you know, when barge freight increases, it's kind of a compounding problem and that you, it's not only that you can't, put as much on the barge, but then it takes the same amount of, or it takes more barges to hold the same amount of. So then now with the fact that tow sizes are being reduced and some other things, I was just doing some very rough math on it yesterday, and it's almost taking double the amount of barges to haul the same amount of bushels. So, you know, of course, if barge freight it's traded as a percent of tariff, which we can get into that in a minute. It's a predetermined tariff rate at different points along the river. Um, but when you've got uh, less, you know, it's a supply and demand thing. So when you have uh, bigger demand for barges because you need more barges to haul the same amount of bushels, uh, I mean, it just, it's, there's just this nasty ripple effect and all of a sudden before you know it you wake up and freight's trading at 2000% of tariff in St. Louis which is 1000% more than it was last week and mm -hmm. and I mean it's way more than probably three times normal for this point in time so um so tariff rates in St. Louis that's $3.99 um per ton and that's per uh, 100%. So, so let's just go back a week ago or so when freight was in that 950 or something area. So it was taking about a dollar 14 a bushel to get in, in theory, to get a bushel of beans from St. Louis to the Gulf. So if you were to come in and need to buy a spot barge today at 2000%, it would cost you $2 and 40 cents per bushel. So, um, and, and the, the dollar fourteen. I mean, that's already really high, thousand percent. Yeah, that's really already high. So yeah. you know, you look back at maybe like a nor like a six hundred percent or something. I mean, that'd be more like seventy cents a bushel. So when you're talking about two thousand um, percent, it's just it, it's 
this is, I mean, that's a dollar seventy more than kind of a normal freight rate. Yeah. So, so a few different things here. One, if you're anywhere that's kind of near a river facility, uh, uh, interior elevator that feeds a river facility, that sort of thing. When you see basis drops that are 10 cents or maybe 20 cents that happen in one day, nine times out of 9.5 times out of 10, it's got, it's going to be something freight related because that's where, you know, you see 100% move in freight, which would normally be a sizable move. And that's 12 cents or so a bushel. So that's where you see these bigger moves. Um, you know, one thing that ends up being a big problem is, we don't have to get into currencies and all that fun stuff, but you know, U.S. bushels are already inherently expensive because of what right. the dollars. Um, so now the problem is, is that we've had these insanely, insanely high um, premiums at the Gulf. So effectively, you know, what basis level is the world buyer going to pay to to buy U.S. bushels? So SIF values are insanely high, and so what happens, SIF and freight end up really closely related because they get in a race against each other on the way up because barge freight goes up. Well, if the exporter needs to continue to buy bushels, then they have to raise their bid a little bit. Um, you know, so you you see those two things because as freight runs really high, then SIF has to, its hand is forced to almost follow it along. And that just makes it more expensive for someone else to be buying U.S. bushels. And then the same thing, too, when you start to see, um, when you see big moves to the downside, you'll see those two. It's generally um, SIF breaks first and then freight, you know, tanks at the same time. But you get these big moves. But yeah, uh, this is really good. But so now my thoughts are, because we've seen basis, low, not not at, in New Orleans, necessarily, but locally along the river break dollar two dollars you know in the last week because of this uh so is that what you're saying like okay that basis is going to break and then freight has to follow or what do you mean um so the the situation that we're in right now it really started to escalate kind of end of last week um water levels on the the lower Mississippi, and especially as you get into the deep south, they had already been dealing with um, several issues down there. You know, not only were they dealing with the damaged bean situation, which you have any beans that are, you know, 3% or below damage would be applicable like a paper trade. So mm -hmm. an exporter doesn't want anything that's north of that. And so you had a bunch of bushels that even though maybe they were only five or 7% damage, they're stuck on a barge floating around and no one wants them because they're trading at this tremendous discount to SIF. And barges um, are like bins. The green doesn't get any better when it, oh, when it, as yeah. it comes out of a barge. Yeah. When it goes in. It's significantly worse. <laughs> we could actually have an entirely different uh, podcast episode on what happens to. It's like a metamorphosis, but of the bad kind. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, so you already had that situation going on. Well, then uh, the freight situation really started to get tight there, especially as low water levels were um, preventing. I mean, they were just knocking some places out from loading altogether. And so it kind of started down there and now it's just worked its way back up river. Um, there have been several groundings that have closed the river intermittently here over the course of the past several days. 
a lot of a lot of problems now are that you know the river gets low enough where it's it you get to this certain point where when you lose another foot or another six inches it just it's so problematic because you just don't have anything left to lose so you have a lot of barges that were loaded say st louis or whatever that were maybe a 10-foot draft well they're getting to the lower and they're literally getting stuck um so i was told yesterday that there was a large uh a large barge line that had something like 500 barges on the lower that were going to have to be offloaded in some capacity. Oh, like go in physically. I and I heard yesterday that there were some cranes headed to the Greenville, Mississippi area. So it, mm. I mean, can you imagine? You have all of these barges that you're, I mean, they literally have to take bushels off of them. I mean, you have to take 10 or 15,000 bushels off of these barges just and it's harvest. Face. It's not like we have spare trucks. Right capacity right well, now anywhere yeah well and i mean and the bigger issue is there aren't any empty barges to have so you know down there i know yesterday some 2400 percent freight traded i think at vicksburg so if you do the math on that you can truck bushels to the gulf cheaper than you can mm. barge them that's yeah. insane yeah well if you go back and look at um just say kind of a normal say 600 percent of tariff or whatever St. Louis I mean it's going to take you 70 cents to get a bushel of soybeans from St. Louis to the Gulf you're not you know you can't mm -hmm. truck anything for oh, yeah. something so um yeah so it's just kind of a compounding effect because they're just all of these different these different things um one thing too is I mean ultimately it export export wise we've been on the struggle bus anyway um, with the dollar being crazy high, you know, we've had these insanely high, um, SIF values that make our beans really expensive. Uh, we just came off of a full month of Argentina and their dollar soya thing that, I mean, that moved a lot of bushels and China scooped up a lot of bushels that way. Um, so, you know, we've lost demand. Maybe we don't see it immediately now, but it will hurt us in the end. So now the bigger problem is that we have all these sales on the books, but we're we're not able to execute them efficiently. Um, so I talked to someone, a friend that runs an export facility yesterday, and he was explaining to me that they're this is pretty much taking their capacity, their operating capacity down by 20%, because you know, these same barges that are light loaded at maybe only 60% of a normal capacity, then you have to keep. I mean, it just makes them less efficient because you've got the same barge, but it doesn't have as many bushels in it. So then they have to try and supplement with rail. And we all know how that goes. <laughs> um, you know, and then you think I'm not good with my train numbers, but just say 400,000 bushels or something on a train. So you get a train in, that's 400,000 bushels. Well, if you're loading out a vessel in 24 hours, a 24 hour window that needs 2 million bushels, that becomes a little, that's a little mm -hmm. bit of a challenge. Plus, no one ever wants to have to rely on rail. <laughs> that's the, you ever. know, that's <laughs> the surefire path to failure. Um, so, so, and that's one, now rail, rail rates have gone insane too because of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess there's a tentative rail agreement, is that in today or something? It Wasn't at the end of the month or? 
maybe they've got it figured out by now. But if that becomes an issue, this is this is just the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, let me ask you. So all the all the demand stuff you're talking about, and um, we look at as as merchandisers. You know, obviously we have to like worry about spreads and how much carry there is. And a good indicator of that is the uh, socks to use ratio. You know, what's going to be left over at the end of the year, and obviously. USDA likes to project it and everybody likes to say how stupid the USDA is and they don't know anything and yada, yada. But, you know, the market does react to projections on that because it's a futures market and they're trading the future. So uh, right now there's no, no carry. There hasn't been for a couple of years at really. And it's, let's just take the corn market. Well, right now the stocks use ratio, their projection, the last one I think was under 10%, which for, for corn, that's, you know, and you get under 15, that's pretty low. So uh, that being said, so we're not expecting any carry next year, obviously, uh, for the most part. But if this the, this export thing, how, how much does that matter, I guess? And so we got a stronger dollar, which hurts exports. We got this barge freight issue that, you know, the river's too low and we can't get enough barges and then rails and yada, yada. There's a lot of freight issues to get it there. So uh, it becomes way even more expensive, I guess, to to export grain. So, does this yeah, affect um, it in the long, in any meaningful way? You know, just looking at um, like the SEP report, USDA has a new crop being carried out at a you know two hundred million. Um, pretty sure it's safe to say that we're going to be larger than two hundred now. You know, if you even if you look at I mean, I, and I think the market, the market knows that the market feels that with some of these things that are going on you, know, you look at um, like, no, and I'm not a spread guru whatsoever, but if you would pull up the no G and bean spread, you know, we had um, at its high was a three cent carry or yeah, three cent carry on, um, oh, what day is this? 27th. So Tuesday. And then, you know, yesterday we ticked all the way down almost to an 11 cent carry. And that is, I mean, that's part of it. I think that it's probably, we're probably a little more narrow than that right now, just because the market's not sure what will happen with the stocks report. Um, but, you know, it's uh, kind of getting back to how these things change, um, how these things affect basis. You look at look at the differences between what we saw, like the October, just looking at it, I just, I've had this conversation with some customers this morning, or a couple of producers, because they're like, I don't know what to do. I didn't set any basis. And so my response was, well, you better move your wife's car out of the garage and fill her <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm having the conversation with him, I'm like, you have a, your bid for October corn versus what you can get for deese today it's a dollar 13 difference so that speaks what volumes. is that telling you that, that tells you exactly what is, to do <laughs> the carry does you no good until you lock it in ding 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 so that's, that's exactly it um and then on the like on the beans it was it was a buck 22 from the october bid um through jan so you know it, it it's a 
no brainer. The ship, you know, the ship has sailed. It would have been fantastic if you would have locked that 55 over in for first half October last week, but it's 65 under today. So here's your sign. You have I mean, to adjust. We, we went yeah. from the ship has sailed to the barge has run aground. <laughs> Yeah. And you know, the big thing, at least merchandising wise, you know, it's costing 10 and a half, 11 cents a month with interest rates where they're at now to carry beans. So even with the the carry coming into those bean spreads like they are, it's it's buying you a little bit of time. But like Susan said, it's it's a bid thing now. It's it's completely that. It, it basis is telling you exactly what you have to do or you're going to, you know. Yeah. And what you'll start to see, I mean, I know down further south, like Memphis, Helena, going further south that direction. A lot of those facilities, they've been contract only, okay. um, that kind of stuff, because you, you know, they just, you know, you have X amount of barges bought up to kind of cover your tour arrive. And other than that, you just can't afford it. Ha, ha, Susan, um, have you seen what St. Louis DP rates are right now? Well, they should be in line with, I, I pointed that out and I, most people don't realize that that's all DP is, it's just yep. whatever the chart, you know, whatever it takes to get it to the G in bed or the D spread. Right. So it right. should be down or something. And yep. I'm sure that there are a lot of screamers and whiners, but this is, this is why you have to pay to play. <laughs> so now why you would be DPing in this type of environment, I don't know, but that's. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, it's, ugh. but someone will well because they're they're you know screwing us on this basis that's yeah why. it's that crazy basis stuff the yeah. grain mafia was, is could they're saying all this stuff but you know i man. i haven't looked at grain marketing or market discussion lately i kind of i bet that's a dumpster i, I haven't either i'm i'm yeah everybody talks about mental health you got to have some of that so <laughs> not um, not browsing at all times probably good no i don't you know, and for producers and that kind of thing, it's, you know, it's really important right now what you have to think about, okay, well, what can I delay getting out of the field the longest? Like, how can I limp into it? How can I get to November? And even in, in like St. Louis, you've got a first half and a last half no bid with a huge spread. And it's because there's, it's all about freight. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, the um the sooner that you learn to as a producer the quicker you learn to kind of adapt and pay attention to pay attention to some of those things i mean there's still opportunities um you just have to i don't know well it's, yeah it's i mean the guys that you know if, if they you know at, at some point in the growing season when they say it looks like i'm going to have a, a normal crop you know, it looks like it's going to be a good crop. Whatever percentage that you've got to get moved to, to uh -huh. you know, over and above whatever space you may have on the farm, you get that stuff sold. Get it just cast, just get yeah. sold. And then, you know, so someone in that position today, of course, if the elevator is able to dump it, it might be a different question today, but you've got it sold. And then the rest of the stuff in the bin, well, now the market's presented you an opportunity to, to, you know, golly, you know, if I can wait till that first year, it's, it's huge. And the same thing goes for elevators too. It's just a function of, of, uh, space management essentially. Yeah. When, um, back in my elevator days, it was always first priority is figure out what you can hold, what you can't hold. You know, it has to be a space thing. 
Second is cash flow because if you have a massive stack of bills that are due November 1, you can't sell everything for D, so it doesn't work that way. Um, you know, and then third, it's about logistics because sometimes you get you get guys that are a few thousand acres or whatever, and they want they run one truck. <laughs> So it means you have to haul X amount per month or per week or whatever. So, you know, you have to think through those things, but definitely for, um, for an elevator that, that can throw up a pile or something or a farmer that can fill a building. I mean, there's just Mm -hmm. a huge opportunity, but again, I think, you know, and for the elevator that's out there, that's the, uh, the poor merchandiser that's getting their ass chewed because of these things. I mean, I think that it's just really important to, to help people understand, walk them through why it's happening. Absolutely. And then how it is that we maybe try to avoid this disaster going forward. And it's just like what we talked about, you know, yeah. making plans. Um, I, I always feel like middle-ish, which I mean, I'm hard of the Midwest, but mid-August um, or something, that's when you have your best basis opportunities. Generally, you have a fairly decent handle on what your crop looks like. You need to be making those decisions at that yep. point in time and not waiting. Yep. Because yep. for harvest basis, yeah, absolutely. It's got to be before harvest. And, and and I'd and I'd say what you're saying there with the there is a huge opportunity if you, you know, pile on the ground, you find some space, put it on. That opportunity is available right now. You have to take it right now. You, you physically you have to put the stuff in, you know, to sell those those deferred bids, but you have to sell it now. <laughs> now because yeah you don't want to wait you're you're what susan is not saying is the prices are definitely going up so just wait that's not what's right (laughs) right so it's like hey there's a huge opportunity yes the you know basis and logistics are at a crunch right now but if you can hold it off the market you know and and sell the you you but you have to lock it in you have to lock in those good good numbers the rule of thumb for this year is definitely if you can't sell it you don't buy it you know that's yeah, you, you have to be selling because there's there's no carry in the market and we're not, you know, guessing that hoping that, you know, other things are going to happen. The good opportunity is available right now. You just have to if if you can hold it off yeah, the market, and, but make the sale now. Right. Hey, Susan, what the, with the barge situation and the river low and everything, does that does that in, have, will people invoke force majeure on anything when that happens? Is that part of that? Um. I'm not sure that anyone can answer that question right now. So generally, it would have to be that the river is closed. You know, it's still, I mean. Technically navigable. Yeah. So the ones that are going to try to do that would be the ones that are um, sitting there trying to not buy 2,000% freight. But yeah, I'm not sure. I think that the bigger challenge too is that the goal, you know, your exporter or whatever isn't going to want to buy a barge until they know exactly how how heavy can it be loaded. You know, there are just a lot of different mm-hmm. challenges as far as execution goes. So and then you got know. the quality thing with all those all those deep south beans that are just uh, yeah, I've heard 30-40% damage. I mean, they were yeah. 40% damage when they come out of the field. I can only imagine. Well, was, it, that's in parts. that's in southern Arkansas. I hear you get down to Louisiana, it's even, it's even worse. worse. It's yeah. disaster area. So yeah. I don't know. It's been um I'm ready an uplifting for some- episode. 
Hey, so just to, and to put it in perspective, we kind of said, you know, a thousand percent was high and now it's two thousand percent, which is which is crazy. But uh, Phil looked up up for me um, the two thousand five in, in my long history. Of the is not that long, but but that was the big event was Katrina in 05 and everything. And he looked up the freight uh for St. Louis during that that time and and uh, I think it only got to maybe 900 or so that's yeah. during Katrina but yeah. I think other spots on the river got a lot higher and you know bids and offers yada yada but stuff was you know that was force majeure type of things were probably going on at that point too but anyways it just, it, it really put into perspective the 2000 yeah, percent for me um I'm looking I'm looking at it now yeah, you know, another thing that contributed to all that though was was Bungie was selling barges for scrap during Katrina because mm. scrap metal was so high. And I was shipping to some Bungie locations in the Delta when I was down there. And yeah, we don't have any barges, but they haven't showed up. Ah, no, they sold them at harvest <laughs> during a hurricane. <laughs> yeah. The and I mean the so another kind of interesting thing about the barge situation so when you're going you know if you're loading a barge if you're a barge company you're loading a barge in st louis that's going to go to the gulf i mean it will get emptied eventually it makes a round trip that takes several weeks for mm -hmm. that process but if you're somewhere um like vicksburg mississippi or you know you're somewhere that's way down there on the lower it's a quick it's a quicker turnaround so mm -hmm. then this drives freight rates even higher in, you know, really where the biggest issue is, is maybe in the deep south. But St. Louis rates are nuts, but it's because those rates in the deep south are so good that the barge line, it wants to make a fast turn. So you want to just keep on, you know, you want to keep on moving it. Um, but like right now, I we did some math this morning. So just at a barge with 45,000 bushels on it one barge is making like a hundred grand gross trip. You know, I mean, it's just, it's wild, yeah. wild. Well, so the other thing, I mean, obviously this is a way that the bigger grain companies and China and other uh, indistinguishable people that we don't know are, are taking advantage of the <laughs> farmer. And um, so, so uh, you know, these guys I'm can buy. Totally gonna clip that out of context and use it on Twitter. <laughs> so, the but my point is the the these guys, these big companies, they they bought freight ahead of before all this, right? So they're you know, so so they're in great shape. Well, <laughs> it's yeah, I don't know that I would say great shape. Um, for instance, I was talking to. If I can find it, I was talking to one of my friends that that runs a large river facility yesterday. So and I said something like, "Man, you could. Why don't you just sell some of your length?" Which I I do know that those trades that were made um, on the lower yesterday, a couple barges. It was guy that runs elevators. He sold off a couple barges because he was able to find more space to put bushels in, yep. you know, so that's a big win for him. Now he's hoping that this doesn't backfire in some capacity, mm -hmm. but like this, uh, this friend that I was talking to, he's like, yeah, if, um, the barge was bought at 600% freight and the market's now over 1500. Keep in mind, this was yesterday. Uh, he said that, um, that 
it literally it's saving him one dollar per bushel in freight costs because of him having link going into it Jeez. you know that's but i mean this is again this is one thing that a lot of people don't understand that you know we talk about basis about trading basis and that kind of thing well the if you're a river facility you are it's just as imperative and maybe even That's more right. imperative yes manager absolutely yep so yep. there's just a lot of you I mean, know there's look, a significant amount of juggling going on look at that arbitrage though you save a buck in this instance on the freight you've dropped your buy basis you're buying the rest of stuff at a super low price and then there's a big now a basis spread through you know in january it's yeah suddenly you go you throw Golly. up a pile that is incredible mark i see dollar roger's dollar signs in his eyes right now so I the, just, I'm so the now but the other the other side of this is you bought enough freight to fulfill your sales assuming Ninety thousand bushels were going on that barge, and now you can only oh, put yeah. sixty thousand bushels on that barge. Yeah. You got to buy that's, a bunch more freight yeah. at two thousand percent, or just pile it up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a. It's. I'm glad that you brought that you bring that point up because yes, You're welcome. Absolutely, you just you got the gold <laughs> star. Um. Yeah, it's a. It is. It's a juggling act, big time. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not as easy as hey, I just made a bunch of money because of freight. Well, now I gotta buy a now whole you bunch can of buy a my grain backer, and then you don't have to pile it, and it'll be a lot better quality when you open it up, guaranteed. Yeah. 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 Well, he was telling um kind of how we got into that conversation. I was asking about drafts if if St. Louis was officially nine feet or still at nine six. He said it was still at nine six, and he was loading it you know, just as absolutely far as he could at nine six, but it's because of the difference between. You know, it's just, it's so much more expensive. You don't, um, yeah. It's, so uh, what what happens to him as a seller? He loads it at nine, six, gets halfway down the river. It runs aground because now it should be at nine or whatever. Is it, is it his responsibility or does it, uh, is the barge's honestly, responsibility at that point? I'd say it's the bar. I'd say it's the um, barge line's responsibility because, he loaded it to what the specs were for that particular. Yeah. So, okay. but everybody but will mean, be reading all the fine print in our contracts for sure. This. this oh, year. damn right. They will. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, and, and they're insured for that. So, so the title passes or whatever responsibility passes and they're insured yada, yada, but that's going to be another. So now the barge company says, Oh, well, you got this, you know, issue we had to manage our costs just went up, you know, now things cost more. <laughs> You know, it's know. almost like inflation. Oh, look at you. Um, yeah, but the funny thing is, is that the tariff rates, those have been in place for decades. Oh, like sure. Decades, decades. Um, I don't know. I'll have to look at the green transportation. Yeah. So the percentages is what's naturally going up over time, you know, as you know, inflate. I know inflation is a hot topic, but we've been inflating for, yeah. you know. Well, at least time. since this yeah. podcast has been on air. <laughs> is this is this transitory? That's my question. Depends um, if it runs aground or not, I guess. Yeah, 1976 <laughs> mark rate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little good old okay. Jimmy Carter. Oh, yeah. yeah. So all right. Well, well cool. Well, that's that's uh 
And that's heavy stuff. That's that's good stuff. I appreciate yeah. you coming on and and uh, shedding the light on it for us and our listeners because I know, uh, uh, it, like I said, it's a hot topic. It's something that's a great learning experience for people that don't understand and maybe you know understanding why the dynamics of the market are doing what they're doing because, like you said, uh, you can really get bent out of shape if you don't understand it. You think it's just someone taking advantage of somebody else, you know, but. It's like most things in green business. It's just, it's trickle down stuff essentially. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, unfortunately we're, we're at the mercy of a lot of things that are completely out of our control. Um, Just like the freight situation, just like the fact that mother nature has decided that it's not going to rain um, anytime here uh, forecasts are really dry. That's where a lot of the concern is coming that there's just nothing you know, it's, it's a double whammy. We have this wide open window for harvest and it means that there's no precipitation to help with the river. So harvest moves on and, um, river gets lower. (laughs) So, but all right. Well, guys, thanks for, um, thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on again. Uh, we'll probably, might drag you on again in the future because you know a lot about a lot of things we don't know about. So <laughs> it's very helpful. And on that note, I will say if listen if you're listening and you don't follow Susan on Twitter, you absolutely have to. She puts out really good stuff, and, and her company is really good. And you should you should follow and interact or talk to her about all the extra services she provides, other than just you know the free awesome charts on Twitter that get shared a lot. So, anyways. Um, I'm sure other social medias too, but anyways, so how do they do that, Susan? Um, I am. I had to just look it up because I can't remember at Susan Noble. So, and if anybody needs to get a hold of you uh, off of Twitter, what's the best way they can do that? Uh, Susan at grainbull.com. Easy enough. Nice. Perfect. Grainbull.com and grainbull.com. Yeah. Awesome. And yeah, really high quality stuff. So I would, I would suggest uh, getting, you got an email list and things like that they can engage with. So really good, good stuff. She didn't ask me to do this, but unsolicited, but it's high quality stuff. So anyways. All right. Well, appreciate it as always. And uh, we'll holler at you later. As always, thanks for downloading and listening. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with folks you know in the business. And if you'd like to reach out anytime about anything at all or have any show ideas, you can always find us on Twitter at Elevators Cut. Follow us there, tweet at us, DM us, and we'll always respond. Till next time, for Roger, I'm Jason. For Jason, I'm Roger. Thanks for listening to the Elevators Cut. Oh.